Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is The Viewpoint. This is Mark Hayward. Uh, I've just taken over from Songhezo. Uh, he's been given half an hour or 25 minutes uh, to have a rest and think about a few things. But as importantly, uh, I've used this time to chat to one of the leaders of one of the leading movements uh, in South Africa and in the world uh, on the fight around access to treatment for HIV, AIDS, and tuberculosis. So my guest this evening is uh, Sibongile Shabalala, who is the national, the elected national chairperson of the Treatment Action Campaign. Sibongile, are you on the line? Yes, I'm on the line, Mark. Good evening. Good, good evening, uh, uh, Sibongile. Um, you've had a busy day today. It's World AIDS Day. Uh, can you just quickly <laughs> tell us uh, what your day has uh, looked like at the end of World AIDS Day 2020? Uh, yes, it, quite, it was a quite a busy day today. Uh, we had uh, a World AIDS Day uh, event at Itireling Clinic uh, in Dobsonville, where the Deputy President, the Minister, uh, managed to go down on the ground and for the first time and listen to us as people living with HIV when we say we are tired of these uh, events that are held in stadiums where not a lot of people are not accessing their treatment and where not people are. So we were quite excited today because they managed to have a discussion with young people living with HIV and they were telling their stories and uh, they, they made commitments to these young people uh, who are living with HIV on how to support them. So uh, actually the whole event today, it was led by people living with HIV, starting from the young ones up to us as the older ones. Yeah, so it was a quite busy and exciting day. And the commitments that the, 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 the deputy president made to people living with HIV, especially the young ones, uh, to say they will support them, they will try by all means that they are going back to school, they are given psychosocial support as they uh, alluded their challenges at the event. So it was a, a very sad, a bit sad day, but also exciting to hear young people telling their stories and how they live with HIV. That, that, that's great. Subangila, so, you, you are uh, a person living with HIV. Um, can you tell us when you became involved with the Treatment Action Campaign and what turned you into a, an activist for uh, the rights to treatment? What turned you into a leader of the, of the Treatment Action Campaign? Um, I started to be active with Treatment Action Campaign in 2009, but uh, my journey with HIV, I was diagnosed in the, in the year 2000, the 31st of October, and by that time, I was still very young, didn't understand HIV. And that time, there was no ARVs in the country. And uh, I, I'm one of those people who are not lucky enough to get pre- and post-counseling. So all my journey, I had to find a way myself to say, how do I survive with HIV? And I had a lot of questions in my mind to say, how do I deal with this? What are the challenges or how to deal with the challenges that I kept on facing stigma, discrimination, uh, being sick without treatment. I went through that journey because the time I was diagnosed, I was already bedridden. And uh, there, were, there were no hopes 
to say I will survive because at that time I was suffering from uh, deeper jaundice. Uh, 2004, I had TB and I nearly died because uh, I was very sick and it still, I got the treatment of TB only but couldn't access ARVs. Until 2006 when I started ARVs, uh, after I lost my husband in 2005. So um, uh, what made me to join TAC in 2009, it was because I wanted more information. And when I get to the facility, every time this lady from TAC was telling us about the science of HIV. And uh, I I was one of those people who are asking questions a lot to say, why this, why that? And she encouraged me to join TAC so that I could learn more. That's where my journey with activism started. And only to find that uh, from there, I learned that I can do, because other people, they fought for me before I joined TAC. Uh, it's my time now to, to take over from them and move forward and continue to fight for, for the rights of people living with HIV and uh, be a human rights activist. So that's where my journey started. And uh, at me, being living with HIV made me to, 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 to want to know more about HIV and also be interested in, in advocating for other people. No, that's great. I mean, I've known you, Sibongile, for what, for for all those years since you joined TAC back in two thousand and nine, uh, and I've seen uh, you grow and your inspirational leadership as you climb the ranks of TAC from a volunteer uh, to becoming elected. What was it, twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen, as the as the national chairperson of the treatment uh, treatment action campaign? Uh, it's been a great inspiration to me. Subongile, we're going to have to go for a break in a minute, but just quickly, is AIDS still a problem in South Africa? Uh, 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 or is it something of the past that we don't need to, to worry about too much anymore? Actually, Mark, we have to worry more now because there are a lot of challenges that we are facing as people living with HIV. And we, uh, as a country, also we are seeing a, a number of young people who are infected with HIV, so it's not. It's we we haven't we haven't reached our goal or we haven't met our targets as a country. There is still more to be done, and we still we still have to be worried because we are still losing a lot of people into care. We are still having number of deaths uh, due to HIV and TB. So we, we cannot relax and say everything is normal now. No, we haven't get there. We still have a lot. To do. We are still facing stockouts. We are still facing a discrimination and, and, and stigma in facilities and in the community. So there are still a lot of challenges. I think we will talk more about them after the break. <laughs> okay, well, let's go for a break. Stay on the line and uh, we'll continue straight after this break. Thanks, Ibongile. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Thank you for staying with us, everybody. We, we're back uh, with Sibongile Shavalala, the national chairperson of the Treatment Action Campaign. Uh, uh, I believe we have a caller. I'm not sure. Is that, am, I, am I right, Willie, uh, trying to call in? Yes. Uh, hello, Willie. Yes. Uh, yes. Good evening. Yes, thank you. Can I talk? Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, look. It, 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 in regard to uh, stigmatization, you see, uh, today afternoon 
an anonymization, uh, uh, talking about uh, stigmatization that is placed on uh, people suffering uh, from AIDS. It was very uh, disturbing to find out that uh, some of nurses themselves stigmatize uh, uh, AIDS sufferers to the level that they wouldn't want to go and get their the, the, uh, the staff. So my, my question is, uh, I beg that maybe I don't know. Something must be done, maybe from the Ministry of, of Health uh, around the, the, the clinics uh, to curb that, 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 that distasteful uh, uh, situation Thank you. Uh, uh, happening to, to, to the sufferers of AIDS being victimized by the nurses themselves. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Willie. Sibongile, you heard the question. Uh, I know you've been doing a lot of work. In fact, today you released a report about clinics and how people are treated at clinics. Can you talk about the problem of, of stigma and what we need to do to destigmatize HIV and to make our clinics work better? Sibongile, over to you. Um, yes, Mark. Uh, the, the, the issue of clinics and stigma is, is still a challenge. And I, I think what we need to do as a country first is to uh, fix our system. Uh, remember, we were promised Tier.net uh, to say it will it will solve all, all our problems. Where we'll have a, 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 a electronic system uh, that is filing our our files, everyone, including people living with HIV. So as I, I, I've indicated maybe earlier today, even on my speech to the to the to the, to the event, it was that. We are, we, we are tired to be discriminated as people living with HIV, where when you go to the facility, you have to have a green card or a, car, a card that is different from other cards. That only discriminates against people living with HIV and it stigmatizes. So we, what we can do is to have a system that is an electronic one. When a person goes to the facility, have a, an identity number or some particular patient number, that will be punched into a system, and the person knows, and, and, the, and the tech or a healthcare worker will know that this person, why is he in the facility? And that system needs to also tell to say, is this person due for, 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 for blood or whatever? Because what we are seeing now, when we are due for blood, you'll find a nurse shouting at the clinic to say, those who are here for blood, they should go that side. And everybody obviously knows that those people who are called that side, living with HIV are too for their viral load uh, uh, And when you have your, your the green card and going to the facility, obviously everybody will know that she's here, she's here for ARVs or HIV services, which it, it, it creates a stigma in the facility, it creates a stigma in the community because the stigma starts in the facility and goes out to the, to, to the community. Remember, our clinics are in the community where we live. And we always encourage people to go and collect medication to the nearest clinic. And that's where all, everyone in the community is there. So if everyone will see me carrying that green card, that shows that uh, I'm HIV positive. If everyone see me that I have to go to that a container outside, that means <clears throat> that container, everyone who's going that side, uh, are people living with HIV, which they are going to their medication. So that creates stigma and discrimination. So Thanks. those are the things that we need to fix as a country to say we need one system 
that will cater for everyone. Confidentiality needs to be respected at all times. Thanks, Subungile. And of course, as you have shown and as TAC has shown, there's nothing wrong with being living with HIV, with being HIV positive. You know, there's 7.8 million people in our country who live with, with, with HIV. And I think, you know, you are a, a great example. And perhaps we can talk a little bit later about this, about how personally to deal with, with stigma and uh, people who want to victimize. But Sibongile, I'm just going to bring in uh, uh, Dr. Mohaladi, who is the CEO of uh, Tembisa Hospital, who's on another line. Good evening, uh, uh, Dr. Mohaladi. It's lovely to have you with us. Um, can you give us your thoughts on World AIDS Day and how the health system is responding to the challenges of HIV and TB at this uh, moment in time? Thank you very much for having me, Mark, and good evening to you and your listeners. Uh, yes, my actual opinion about Health Aid Day is the day in which the world and the country actually reflect on this pandemic and actually reflect on their strategies and actually reflect on the, all the steps of efforts they've made to actually make awareness in terms of the efforts of actually the government and the people against this actually dreaded disease. And I could say, based on what actually we are seeing currently, is that we have actually seen the actually the giving of uh, more patients on ARV has actually uh, enabled more and more people to actually have a better uh, life and to actually live longer, to be able to live productive life. So whenever we actually come to this uh, day, this is a day where we actually reflect. We also remember those who passed before actually uh, scientific intervention could actually be enhanced to ensure that their actually right to life is actually cared for. Thanks, doctor. And, and, and uh, you're a CEO of a hospital. Uh, one yes. of the things TAC talks a lot, lot about is the strengths or the weaknesses of the health system to manage the, the HIV epidemic. Where do you think we have to strengthen our healthcare systems to, 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 to meet such a, still such a big, big, big challenge? Yeah, well, I've actually been listening to the lady I just said, Ms. Chavalala, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think she was actually speaking about the general challenges, particularly when she speaks about the communities and patients have to actually be accessing actually medication and the stigmatization thereof. I think one of the biggest challenges in facilities has been that with the advent of HIV, there's actually not been actually much infrastructural intervention to ensure that patients who actually got HIV are able to actually receive their medication, not only as they are receiving it now, but they are able to access the areas where the medication is actually being actually given. We see actually the very, very actually bigger space. I mean, if you see some of the clinics in some of actually the hospitals, that one of the biggest challenges that we have is that all the patients that come there, it becomes actually too many. And you find that many a times our patients are actually more than the spaces available. And that in itself is a risk in terms of actually infection control. And currently with the advent of COVID, it has actually been even a strong challenge. So yes, I think 
the biggest challenge will be actually the infrastructural setup. But we have to give credit where credit is due, that the rollout of ARVs has been an effective tool in ensuring that more and more people at least are actually gaining access to the medication that is actually due to them. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor, and thank you for the work uh, that you do. I hope that you work with the local TAC branch uh, in the Tembisa area because I think the community is always your uh, best ally uh, in trying to make sure that we provide uh, quality services. I believe that we have uh, Anonymous on the line from Durban. Uh, Anonymous, do you, do you, can, can you uh, speak now, please? Let's take a short ad break. I beg your pardon for that, Mark. I should have warned you. Let's no take problem. an ad break now before we get on with the balance of the show. Anonymous, immediately after the ad break, you can shoot with your thoughts, please. 2051, everybody. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomabete on SAFM. Anonymous. Uh, thank you. It's anonymous. So, uh, good evening to everyone in, in your show. Then, uh, I just want to inquire if you have a different relevant departments for each um, case, like you know whether you are diabetic or hypertension or whatever relevant illness that you have, will that be stigmatization because you won't know who's who? Although you may go, it's nice to go with your IDs, and so everybody has the same card, so you won't have different cards, but you'll be in a different department, and no one will know who has uh, what illness. And, uh, and another thing is when a person is terminally ill, and um, they're like very frail to go to the clinics or to the hospitals because they have to follow large queues, is it not possible for their medication to be delivered to their place of residence? whether it's tuberculosis or any sort of illness. Uh, thank, thank you, you Anonymous. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sibongile, uh, Chabalala, did you hear those questions? And do you have any uh, suggestions to Anonymous? Uh, I, I, I couldn't hear clearly, but I think she was talking to uh, about how about we use an, an IT uh, uh, instead of using the, the patient number or card. Did I get that? Yes. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think she had two questions, one of which is, is quite easy, which is that, you know, where you have very frail uh, patients, uh, elderly people, rather than making them stand in long queues, can't a system be devised that allows their medicines to be delivered at home? And I think the answer to that is that there should be such uh, a system. And I think with HIV, as, as, as you know, perhaps you can tell us there is a system to make it easier for people to get their medicine. But the other question was, is, is it discriminatory if uh, people with different conditions need to see different parts of the hospital because of that, the fact that they have different conditions? Uh, are you not just making an, ex, an exception for, for, for HIV that's not necessary? Oh, okay. Um, let me start with the first question. Um, uh, if, 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 if everyone will remember the early days when the NHI was introduced, it was made uh, us to believe that that NHI will be a system that will make everything easier. The community health care workers will be absorbing the system and will be able to deliver medication 
to the people on the ground and to their households. And we were made to believe that community health care workers, one of their roles, it would be uh, visiting households and uh, giving care to people at, at their households. And we were very excited because that we thought it would solve so many problems. The challenge that we we have, our system doesn't talk to what we 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 are facing on the ground. Yes, that is a good uh, a, a suggestion to say. If we had a system that will make people uh, to to will allow people to be delivered uh, their medication uh, uh, at their at their houses, then that will make it easier for people not to be in the facility and the burden that the facilities are carrying it was going to be much uh, easier. Remember, uh, we as people living with HIV, we, we are the ones who introduced the CCMTC uh, program by having the, 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 the pick-up sign. And we were trying to engage or show government to say, you can do this outside the facility. But that program, after it was handed over to the government, it, 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 it started to have a lot of problems, problems because now we started to, to, to outsource that program where other companies, they have to deliver medication, then there were a lot of problems. But then if we can use that program as it was used, where people living with HIV were taking care of each other and making sure that each other we are giving medication, that will relieve a burden uh, from, from, from the facility. And then coming to the, to the next question, it's not like... We S- S- I, I, I'm going to have to cut you just because our time has run out. Uh, we're coming up to the news. I'm so sorry, but I want to thank you as the national chairperson of the Treatment Action Campaign, as a woman living with HIV, uh, for being with us tonight uh, and for continuing to to lead uh, and to keep people aware that HIV and AIDS and tuberculosis are very real challenges in our country. So strength to you and strength to all of the comrades of the Treatment Action Campaign on this World AIDS Day 2020. Uh, our time is up, but I'm going to hand back uh, to Songhezo uh, to do the wrap and to lead us into the news. But just to say from my side that it's been uh, a privilege to take over for 20 minutes. There's a hell of a lot to talk about. Uh, and my message to people is that health is a right, HIV is a real issue, and the only way to deal with it, or the best way to deal with it, is to join organizations like TAC and to be an active citizen for your rights. Songhezo, thank you very, very much for the space tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much, thank Mark. You. Much appreciated, as well as to you there, Ms. Chabalala. Dr. Mokhaladi, perhaps in 10 seconds, how would you wrap up this conversation and some of the challenges that World AIDS Day for South Africa still poses because we are far from the promised land? Literally 10, 15 seconds. No, thank you very much. And I would just say I've actually had the concern and I believe that nothing surpasses in consistent and constant communication on how best we can effectively deliver medication and service to our people. And uh, I'm actually happy that Mark and Sohundile uh, Chabalala made that point very clear tonight. Excellent. Thank you very much. Doc, thank you so much for your indulgence both yesterday as well as today. And I can never thank you enough, Mark. You and I 
Yeah, I think we should do this more often. I wish there was just more time. Well, I've got all the time in the world to do this. You're the one with the many competing interests. But nonetheless, for tonight and for what is yet to come, we can only express our gratitude as the SAFM family. Thank you to you, Sangeza, to the listeners as well. Thank you very much. And to your producers, thank you. Mark Haywood on the hashtag Tuesday Takeover. Right now, it's 21 hours, and you know what that means. It's time for news.